Welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. It reads, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians and God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as it is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering, since indeed God considered it just to repay with afflictions those who afflict you, and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God in the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, and as we jump back in here to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, I say we're jumping back into it because it's a continuation of what we looked at in 1 Thessalonians. This is the same author continuing to develop that relationship that Paul has with the church at Thessalonica. And so back with us this week discussing 2 Thessalonians, we have Kyle, and he's going to continue to develop this thought as we walk through Paul's relationship here with the Thessalonican church. And as we think about what's happening here, we're going to see that he kind of follows some same patterns, and we see some similar discussions that took place in the previous book, and we shouldn't be surprised by that, but we should understand it in terms of Paul's continuing desire to develop his relationship with this body of believers. And as we think about it in terms of that today, Kyle, what is it you'd like to draw our attention to here in chapter one, or maybe even for the entirety of our time together here in Second Thessalonians. Yeah, Lee, thank you so much for having me back. And as you said, we are continuing kind of the same thought through um, the first letter to the second letter. Paul does a great job of just structuring his letters in a way that is easy to understand, but hits with some hard truths. And so we, the structure is kind of three C's, very easy to remember. We have Comfort, correction, and concern. And so our first chapter here is going to be on that comfort. And so he, he opens and he's he's giving thanks. He's praising them for their faithfulness through enduring, which if you just look at that term, enduring is something that happens through a process. It's not something that like you endure one basketball game and then you're done. No, it's the entire season. Like this is something that you have to go through. So they're going through the suffering And Paul is going to start to lay out some judgment. And so let's focus in on verses 8 and 9, which reads, In flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Getting right into it, Lee. So kind of let's unpack that a little bit. Why does Paul include this in the first chapter? 
Yeah, if we're using that thought that, hey, this is about comfort, how is this a comforting statement? And I think as we look back and expand that and look what he's talking about, if you go back to verse 7, it says, And to grant relief to you who are afflicted, as well as to us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels and flaming fire. Then you continue that thought that you've just developed. The relief that takes place is the same relief and the same comfort that we've been looking at if you've been with us Sunday mornings as we've walked through the book of Revelation. God wins in the end. Right now for this church at Thessalonica, there's a lot of things that are really struggling with. And one of them is the severe suffering and affliction of God's people. And so when they think about the coming judgment of the Lord and the judgment that will be upon the wicked, it lets the people be comforted by the fact that though they may be getting away with something now, the future is going to allow them to see that coming judgment. They're not going to get away with it forever. God will win in the end. He will hold them accountable for their deeds. And so that judgment that takes place upon the wicked is actually a comfort for those who are suffering unjustly. And as we think about that today, let's develop that more into what does a theology of suffering look like for a Christian? What does it mean to suffer for God's sake? Because there's so many times that we could say, hey, you know what? My life is not great right now. And sometimes that's because of poor decisions. Maybe you've seen the meme that's got a monkey holding a stick right behind a sleeping lion. And it says, everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is you're stupid and make bad decisions. So that's not what we're talking about here in terms of suffering for the sake of Christ. When we're willfully engaging in sin and doing things that don't make rational sense, doing things that we've been warned about, being careless with our thoughts, when we suffer because of those things, That's just suffering because of our poor decisions. But that's not what these Thessalonican believers were suffering from. Kyle, draw our attention back to what that suffering looked like for them. So, Lee, that suffering is actually mentioned in the first letter. So if we look back at 1 Thessalonians, you go to chapter 2, beginning verse 14. I'm just going to read a little bit here. You see, For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews, who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove them out, and displeased God and opposed all mankind by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved, so as always to fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has come upon them at last." This is suffering because they are now connected with Christ, and the world around us does not want that. They don't want that light in the darkness. The darkness wants to overtake it all. Why? Because it's calling them out. It's calling them out for the sin. And so when it's talking about the suffering, it's talking about we are all one family. So with that, we are now being accountable for the way that we live and the way that our other fellow believers live. It's all one thing, and we're all there for the glory of Christ. So if we're not doing that, if we're sharing false ways, if we're putting fear, it's all going to reflect back, and so that suffering is going to look a lot different. But Lee, I think the main reason that they are suffering is because they're actually being faithful, which is a hard, hard concept to think. So when we're talking about comfort, we can find comfort that we are being faithful, even if it leads to suffering. That's great because that's kind of how he ends the chapter, verses 11 and 12. 
To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and for every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him. As you develop that type of a thought about their suffering and the why he's trying to comfort them with this, it's because things aren't easy for them. It's not easy to live and to follow Jesus. And I think that at some point in time in my life, I had to develop that understanding on my own because the gospel, the way it had been presented to me at times was respond to the gospel, accept Jesus into your heart and life's going to be perfect. But that's not the case. It's not the case for these Thessalonians. It's not the case for us today that a desire to live out our faith in a world that is not aligned to God means there's going to be tension. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be suffering for the sake of his kingdom. And so the big question that I want us to ask is, how does that look in your life? Where is the tension? Where is the difficulty, the ability to recognize where persecution for the sake of Christ is? And if you don't see that in your life, what does that say about you? It could say something about your faith or lack thereof, or it could say something about the way in which you're living out the discipline of responding to the gospel wherever God has you. And so some of you guys might be homeschooled or in small schools or at places where you're like, hey, everybody around me is already a believer. Is that true? Is everybody around you a believer? Are there unbelievers that you come into contact with? How do you know what they believe? Are you engaging in those conversations? Are you willing to take a stand for Christ? What does that look like? Develop that type of a thought because I believe that if you are living as God has called you to live and there's no element of that hardship in your life, there could be something else going on that needs to be uncovered and exposed as possible sin or even just ignorance to what fulfilling the gospel's purpose in your life looks like. There will be seasons where you're in great victories, in great times of growth, that you're being able to see the way in which the gospel is being fruitful and multiplied all over the place because of your obedience to the Lord. But there will also be difficult seasons like this church is going through and that Paul is coming alongside to continuously encourage them so that they're ready to live in light of the gospel. And so ask those questions today and maybe ask the people that you're living in community with as well. Where do they see persecution in your life for your faith? Do they see it? What does that say about how seriously you're taking the calls of Christ in his obedience and the cause of the gospel to every facet of your life? So as you walk through that today, as you reflect on the comfort that Paul has here for the Thessalonian believers, we pray that you would rest in that same comfort as you walk through a similar situation of persecution for the sake of Christ. As you do that today, know you are loved. You're-